people of the world. This is the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Tune in each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, as we give voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. You can also get more of us by watching The Brothers Talk Show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Uh, hearty hello to the Brothers Talk family, and we're glad to have you with us on the road to recovery on the other side of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're keeping our focus on Black economic empowerment and critical thinking, and we thank you for your time and your comments and for growing the Brothers Talk family by spreading the word. As always, if you're new to the podcast, we're pleased to have you in the mix, and we invite you to check out our nationwide campaign, Relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide where we're keeping the emphasis on taking control of our communities one household at a time with each and every one of us doing our part to support and launch black businesses. Check out the positive impact that we've been blessed to have in our growing Facebook groups, hashtag Black Dollars Matter and relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide with over 4,000 members where you can see dozens of stories of black entrepreneurs, young and old and all kinds of businesses. We also have a brand new group called Black Parent University that we officially launched a couple of weeks ago to bring black parents and educators together to help advocate for our kids and their parents in dealing with an educational system that continues to fail our children and thereby undercut their chances for future success. So if you're concerned or just curious, check out Black Parent University on Facebook. One last piece of good news, the Brothers Talk Show is airing on the TV streaming service M24 News. The pandemic interrupted production in 2020, but we're happy to report that technology has provided a solution, and you can now see our hour-long show on M24 News. We can't say it enough, but we're definitely not out of the coronavirus woods, so make sure you get those vaccinations, and we encourage your friends and family members to do the same. There are some new spikes and young people have shown more susceptibility to the virus mutations. Remember that it doesn't make you immune when you get the shot. You can still transmit the virus, but you'll have a fighting chance. And don't forget to check on the seniors to see if they need any help in getting vaccinated. And now my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Thanks for your continued support as usual. Summer is coming. Want to see you out there without that mask. Everybody out there having fun getting back to normal. One thing that Rod mentioned, and I, I'm, I'm hoping in particular for educators, if you have anything that to support, to supply, please go and take a look at it. And we'll, any contribution you, you can provide because we got to fix this problem of the miseducation of our kids. We are the ones who are going to jump in here and take charge and make it happen and make it work for our kids. Norm? And I just want to follow up with uh, Scott and Rod, what you said about the, getting the shot, you know, regarding the virus. You know, we can form all these groups. We can do all of these financial guests on. We can we can try to build a community every day. But if we're not healthy as a community, then it means nothing. Please take care of yourself, brothers and sisters. This week, let's begin by showing some love to Shannon Sharp, who made news with a notable quote 
saying, in effect, there's a big difference between knowing a black person and having a black friend. Now, I believe Shannon is actually on the correct side of many of these discussions about race and ethnicity, even though he is on Fox with tiptoeing racist Skip Bayless. Like many sports figures turned societal commentators, though, there are times when he has to lick the hand that feeds him and he'll say something that reminds us of that. But this time I couldn't agree with him more. And I particularly love it when someone goes after a standard pat response that many racists try to use to shield themselves. When I consult on diversity, equity, and inclusion, I regularly take away the I have a black friend defense by advising that a black friend, a black friend isn't enough and that each individual needs to actively seek out black friends, plural, because it's completely illogical and unreasonable to think that one black person can represent the entire spectrum of our community any more than one white person, one Asian, one Latinx, or one native First Nation person. But what Shannon has done is take on the pat answer head on because, as he says, if you say I got black friends and you can't empathize with the plight blacks are going through right now, you don't have black friends. You know black people. There's a lot of racists who use that I have a black friend defense as easily as they used to use the oh, I don't see color or I'm colorblind routine. And that's a lot of what we see even amongst those who profess to be our allies. They think that having a black person that they can point to or ask questions about black culture is the same as having a black friend. And even if they go further and do some socializing with them, that's not really the same as empathizing with us or as going out of their way to try to feel our pain. And it definitely isn't the same thing as having real relationships with a number of black people to see the true diversity among us. You know, Shannon brings up a good point when he says that you don't have a black friend if you, if you can't emphasize what's going on with black folks. I want to take that a little bit farther. What I'm saying is we got to have an honest, mature, intellectually honest conversation about race. For most black people, I know for me, I don't want you to stand up and holler to the mountaintops that, hey, I'm a racist. I think what most black folks want you to stop doing if you're white to stop denying that racism exists. What we want you to do is, hey, own up to it. Nobody's trying to put all the blame on you. But if you think you're not a racist, then answer me this. If you see somebody who is demonstrating a racist behavior and you don't intervene, and if you see something happening to a black person or a non-black person, somebody who's non-white, and you don't intervene and you don't say anything, to me, you're, you're okay with that. You're implicit on what's going on. To me, then, you must be a racist if you're okay with it. If you don't have the courage to stand up and say something, what does that say about you? You know, nobody's telling you to, to stand in front of you and stop a bullet or anything like that. But what we want you to do is we need your voice. When people are out here denigrating black people, berating black people, minimizing anything that a black person does, you need to stand up and say something. Because if you don't, that means you condone that behavior. Well, the first thing I, I tell white people is you may have a black friend, but you're no friend to black people, meaning that you can point out a Negro that you know and hang out with and still be our enemy. You don't have to be a racist to support racism, which they do constantly because it's about their comfort. And they feel that they can hide behind that black face that they call a friend. And so, Norm, you put your finger right on the other part of what actually bothers me about these conversations 
is because one of the reasons that this excuse keeps popping up is because you have people like Elijah Cummings and Tim Scott, where straight up races like Mark Meadows and Lindsey Graham get cover because the late Congressman Cummings and Senator Scott throw any credibility they have out the window by letting both those races claim them as friends or worse. They stand up and say, these people like Meadows and Graham aren't racist, even though their actions say the exact opposite. It's the old massa accepts me identity that has the Negro who is happy that someone white is willing to call them a friend, to socialize with them, the public, and to even work with them on something. But what that kind of coonish behavior blinds them to is the fact that these racists not only aren't there when it counts, like actually supporting legislation that protects or uplifts the black community, but they're actively promoting and introducing policies and laws that discriminate against us in the worst way possible. So we have to remember that it's not just those races, but it's the black people who are willing to give them cover. Hey, Ron, that's an excellent point. And you gave out two outstanding examples when you talked about Tim Scott and, and, and uh, Elijah Cummings. You could just take a look. When Mark Meadows did that, when he just kind of almost pleaded and begged, he put Elijah Cummings in a compromising position. And you could see the pain in Elijah Cummings' eyes and his face as he negotiated with himself at, should I bail this white boy out or not? And the same thing with Tim Scott. Time and time again, you can see how uncomfortable he is by giving cover to these people who want him to validate that they're not racist and he knows full well they are. And the sad thing about someone like Tim Scott, who experiences the racism from his own party, from the very same people, then will grin and tap dance simply for his position. And so I had a, a, a white person ask me recently at the end of a conference, what is it that they should do about racism? And of course, I go back to refusing to offer them advice. But what I do tell them is this, because I say, well, you can go about finding out as much as you need to know about racism on your own. You don't need a black person to have to tell you about racism to validate it. Racism is so prevalent that it's so insidious across all of our systems that nobody can avoid it. That is it that we as blacks cannot avoid racism. And so the idea of attempting to say that you're not a racist is just really impossible because you have been socialized into racism. You have been impacted by racism. Every profession, you know, it's just like when we had Dr. Palmer talking about those doctors. You know, they think that they are not involved in racist behaviors, but the very notion that this country is such a structurally systemic racism society means that you can't escape it. So if they could just get away from the fact of trying to deny that racism has impacted them and they have been beneficiaries of racism, then that would be a good start to them being able to go to the next step which is asking themselves and doing some soul searching about what they could actually do to combat racism. You know, I think, Rod, right again, on a lot of points, I think that part of the problem, the reason we can't have this honest conversation about racism is that people don't, don't want to admit that they benefited from racism. You know, they think that you're going to take something from them, that they're going to lose something. Th those are my thoughts. It's an uncomfortable conversation. It's not un uncomfortable, I think, for, for most black folks I think what we do is we try to take in account 
how we are going to have a dialogue with non-black folks about racism so that they can be comfortable having this conversation. One of the, one of the problems, and I said that before, is that I just want people to stop denying that there are structural, racial, institutionalized racism problems in this country. If we can just start there, that's a starting point. Let's all agree that black folks are being discriminated against. Black folks are being brutalized and killed by police, by the police, by law enforcement. They're not doing this to non-black. The people that you're seeing killed mostly by policemen are unarmed black folks. And something has to be wrong with you if you can't look at that and say, wow, there's a problem here. You know, they're only killing black people. If you can just admit that part, if you can, we need a starting point. Where is, where is that starting point? And I suggest that the starting point be that we all agree that we're experiencing racism, that racism is institutionalized and structural in this country. I don't believe you can have that discussion with white people. I, I don't believe that. I believe that their comfort, they put above our humanity. And to really sit down and even try to talk to them, you have to respect their comfort, which at this point is just not going to happen. You're not going to put your own humanity down so they can feel comfortable. That's just not going to happen. If they had the moral ability to address any issues, they would have. There wouldn't have been a Dr. King. Well, the big thing that I see is that racism is still the most uncomfortable subject for people in this country to discuss, be they Black, White, Asian, Latinx, First Nation people. And because of the discomfort that is involved in the conversation, that you have most people unwilling to engage. That is another reason why we are typically here each week having these kind of discussions and some remnant thereof because there isn't a, a rush to really have the deeper meaning conversation. We see that CNNs and MSNBCs, they will deal with the symptoms of racism without really digging down to get to the core cause, which is, as a lot of writers are now coming up to say, it's the fact that you have white men who refuse to acknowledge their complicity over the years in not only developing these systems, but continuing to harbor and in a lot of ways enhance those systems. And so we just have to continue to be vigilant to make sure that we have the conversation, at least give people an opportunity to hear perspectives that if you don't stop and think about them, then all you're going to get is the pablum that passes for addressing them on the networks. And so we refuse to do that. We are going to always be here to say, like, there is more to the story, and we're not afraid to talk about it. One of the things, too, Rod, I think they keep perpetuating this problem is that, like Bill Hornsby's song, that's just, it's just the way it is. And that's what you hear from a lot of people, black and white. Well, that's just the way it is. If you're saying that that's just the way it is, that's racist, because we're, we're dealing with institutionalized racism. So you have a lot of black people who their cop out, I don't know whether the subject is, is too hard for them. It's a delicate subject. But what they're saying is their answer is, well, you know, that's just the way it is. We just got to deal with it. No. Yeah, we can deal with it, but we got to deal with it in an honest manner. We got to deal with it in an intellectual manner in that, look, these things are only applying to black folks. When you're talking about the social construct, when you start talking about the economics, those things, there are things put in the way, there are roadblocks put in the way specifically 
to keep black folks from climbing up the social ladder and the economic ladder. And, and Scott, you touched on something really good there. You know, that's how they felt about Jim Crow. It only affects black people. So it's OK. Same thing with racism, same with the, with the institutional racism that we, we suffer. It only affects black people. So it's OK. Yeah, that's a shame. But why should we address it? All right. And so there you have it. We uh, put it out there for you to consider. So we thank Shannon Sharp for going at that particular pat response, as we said, head on and not allowing anybody to have that kind of literal excuse. So when you hear that from now on, hopefully you will be as willing to discount that as an uh, option for them to try to defend. So our positive black experience of the week, while I can't believe that I'm going to give some shine to another black person who has certainly acted and spoken in coonish ways in the past, but here goes. The Michael Jordan brand is giving $100 million over 10 years in grants through his foundation to nonprofit organizations fighting racism and working to improve the black community. They're open to submissions and applications through the end of the month of April. So if you fit the description, put them to the test. Of course, I will confess to you that even though it's his money, I'm more inclined to believe that this is an initiative of his mother, who I know used to run his foundation. But in any event, hopefully some community groups can benefit. Thanks again to all of the Brothers Talk family. And remember to catch more of us on our streaming TV show on M24 News. Also, don't forget to follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Instagram, and like our Facebook page. And a quick reminder that if you want to share more of your thoughts with us and the Brothers Talk family, there's the Brothers Talk group on Facebook. And finally, if you want more information about our 12-point relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide plan or to give us direct feedback, show ideas, or questions, you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. God bless you all for your time and your support. And you will always have our absolute commitment that we'll never take it or you for granted. So remember. Let's do better today because that's all we really have.